We have a, a volunteer, a, a, an old-timer volunteer in here, and her name is, uh, we always call, call her uh, the old Mrs. Chu. Do you still remember that lady? In that room where they have the oracles, uh, the, uh, the, the, the old lady who is always sitting in that, uh, all by herself in that chair near the Buddha statue, always explaining the, the different oracles to people. Once they shake the oracle out from the little bamboo uh, about fortune-telling, and that is the, an expedient mean of introducing Buddhism. Sometimes people have some doubts in their mind that they want to clear up, and they don't have no place to go to, and they always have the superstition of requesting a, a third divinity, they call it, a party, to tell them what to do, and they always come and say, oh, uh, I haven't got a job now, and uh, I'm looking for a job, and will I get that job uh, in, in, a, in a couple of months, and will I get help? And then they try to shake, and the, an oracle will come out, and then she would explain it to you. And she always told me that she used this method to explain Buddhism to a lot of people. And uh, Mrs. Chu, C-H-U, and she has been a volunteer in this temple, a very, very loyal volunteer, a volunteer for, since 1986, for 23 years. She came three days per week, um, rain or shine, uh, storm or winter, summer, all seasons, all seasons, three days. And um, we all know we all know her, and we don't we don't know her age because she never released it. And of course, in Canada, you can't ask somebody else's age. There's three things you can't ask in Canada. I know. You never ask the people how old he is or how young, even how young. Some people will say, "How how young are you?" <laughs> well, that's equivalent to how how old are you. So uh, we're not going to ask that. And that's the first question that you don't ask. Second question is, how much you make per week? <laughs> None of your business. The third is, are you single or married? Do you want a dating? Not me. Let's go somebody else. So you don't ask that question. We never ask the lady how old. And uh, Mrs. Chu, Chu passed away a few days ago, and um, she passed away in here. Uh, maybe she passed away in the hospital, but she, she was in a coma and started to have a coma in here. And scenario is like this. Uh, on that particular date, after the Chinese New Year, she was very active. She was talking to every, everybody, and she was 91 years old. I thought she was only 81, but she's actually 91. I know that from the uh, paramedical person who came for the rescue. And <clears throat> so, on that date, um, 
at about two, three o'clock, and she talked to me. She always talked to me, and she talked to me and said, "Oh, I watched the television, and I know a monk passed away in Taiwan, and I felt very sad about it because monks start to pass away, and we are losing monks. And you, you must keep your good health. Um, this temple wants you to be here, you know, so uh, you must maintain your good health." Then you can do a lot of work. I said, of course, I want to maintain my good health. I don't know what she meant, but she particularly pointed out that I should maintain a good health so that I can carry on. Um, and so, so uh, at about six, six o'clock, uh, she had dinner with uh, one of the um, uh, workers in there, and they started to chat and talk happily. And about 6.30, she went back to her room, no, no sickness, healthy. She went back to her room, and then somehow we found out later that he, she, maybe she bumped her ankle against some chairs or something, and then she uh, bumped into the uh, blood vein or, or, or artery. And you know, um, 91 years old, skin is thinner and the artery is more fragile. When you bump into the main artery, the blood comes, starts to come out. And maybe she was, she was trying to bandage it herself. And, but if you're talking about the main veins, blood starts to come out, you really have to get some aid. But all our, all our Sangha members were upstairs chanting the, the evening lesson. So there was no one downstairs. So it was all by herself in, the, in, the, in her room. And maybe she didn't want to bother people. She was the kind of lady that she wants, always wants to be independent and look after herself. She does not want to bother and get help when she can help herself. She's that kind of lady. So, uh, but I think the, the bleeding comes and she started to call, take phone numbers and she had a phone in her room. Right there in the room, she had a phone, she started to call. And she couldn't remember any phone call. The only phone call that the phone number that she remembered her son's phone number because she always called up her son to pick pick her up in here. So she she memorized the of course, memorized it in her in her mind. So she called up. Well, I got I, I got a cut in my ankle. Can you come along and help me to bandage it? They come immediately. So the uh, the son uh, was in living in is in uh, uh, Burnaby. So the sun started to drive, and in about 20 minutes, 25 minutes, came to the gate. But that time is about 7 o'clock. She started to have this problem at about 6.30, and she, when, when, when the sun came, it was about 7 o'clock. And the gate, of course, was closed at night. So nobody, and the sun <laughs> didn't remember even the, tel the telephone number of the temple. Didn't remember my phone number, had no information, but he remembered the, tel the handphone number of one of the workers in here. So he called up, oh, my mom is inside, how come the gate is closed? Of course the gate is closed, it's after office hours, and we're all chanting upstairs. So we opened the gate, and they came in, and we found her bleeding, already stopped breathing, but she was in a coma already, passed away. And that's about 7, 7.10 or something like that. And then immediately, um, we, I called up the 911 for, for emergency, and... Um, and of course, they sent the emergency, but they were on their way. So I talked to the operator and said, well, we can't just wait. We have to, you know, how can we help? I never have done any resuscitation before. So I just grabbed her up and I don't know where I get the strength. And I grabbed her up and 
and, 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 and brought her out and put her on the floor. So the operator there, the first eight persons, said, this is how you do. Put your hands on top of what hand and then do this. So I was doing all oh, this pump, pumping of, of the heart so the heart can palpitate again. So I was doing that for about 15 minutes. And then he said, now listen, uh, put your hand, put your ears to, to her mouth and see if you can hear any, any, any uh, breeze. You know, so I, put, I didn't hear anything. So, okay, start to do the mouth-to-mouth the, the, -mouth stuff. Okay, I was started to do that, but it was scary. But <laughs> as you're going to save someone, you really have to do it. So I opened the mouth, oh, I got to do it. Okay, I, I can do it. It's saving a life, of course I can do it. I was starting to do it, and then the emergency came in. <laughs> the emergency guys already come, came in, and they quickly they put the oxygen tank and do the stripping and put all things and everything all equipped. They came in, five people came in. So, I left everything to them because they are the professionals. I'm the amateur only. So they did for another half an hour. Uh, her heart starts to palpitate again. But I said, oh, that's a good thing to see because she, the heart stops. But the, 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 um, the, uh, the medical person, is, uh, the, the people said, no, uh, that's, she is just depending on our oxygen. The heart palpitates, but whether she lives or not, we don't know. So they rushed her to a hospital and, uh, with the sun. And then I came back to my room and everything seems to be quiet and we clean up and everything. And then I was thinking, I need to know how they do in the emergency. I can just wait. So I caught up the sun and the sun said, uh, just about uh, after 45 minutes or one hour. And the sun said, oh, she passed away just about. Uh, half an hour ago. So, this volunteer, Mrs. Chu, volunteering here for 23 years, she died without sickness. Not a clue of sickness. She just passed out. She just passed out. No suffering whatsoever. And I know people who have been bedridden for 12 years suffering. And uh, uh, remember the doctor we're talking about? Uh, Lee was on a special assignment, uh, uh, a a doctor, um, um, and uh, that medical doctor from Thailand, and he'd been bedridden there, he'd been lying there, and sometimes on a wheelchair too, right? And for 12 years, and you know, you got fantastic lunch in here, you know what his lunch is? A bottle of liquid. So the nurse hang a bottle of liquid on the, on the scaffold and then drip it down to his veins, and drip, drip, drip for about 15, 20 minutes and all the drip is gone and that's the lunch. Water. Of course, water with nutrition. Lunch for 12 years is just that bottle of water. And this lady, this volunteer, she died without any sickness. She just passed out, passed away, and she preferred it to, to pass away in the temple that she's been volunteering in for 23 years. And when she was here, during these 23 years, she got up at about 3, 4 o'clock, always chanting in there, Nam Mwami Tofu, Nam Mwami Tofu, Nam Mwami Tofu. And she always told me that, I don't want to be human. It's just not that I'm pessimistic. Uh, because human has a lot of suffering. I want to go to the pure land. I want to go to Amitabha's pure land. I want to practice in there, 
Amitabha will be my, will be my teacher, Avalokiteshvara will be my teacher, I want to practice in there, I don't want to retrogress into suffering again. I don't like this world anymore. I don't want to be human again. Um, now, the way I look at it, if a person, if a person does not attach to world, we see we're always attached to world, we don't want to die. We always want a house, a family, wealth, reputation, we, don't, we want food, we want, we want to attach to everything in this world. We don't, we don't want to detach our, ourselves from this world. We love this world so much. People will say, what's the problem with loving this world? If you love this world too much, you don't want to leave. There's a lot of people at hospital care, they just love this world so much that their soul can, can't come out. It takes them many, many days, sometimes years, to tell them that, let go of this body. This is a sack, this is just a, a, a sack of fresh. Remember that Danish uh, writer says, our life is a traveling bag of, of, of our existence. We are just like a bag, a traveling bag. And you attach to that bag, you feed it with food and it's excreted out and every day you're doing the same thing and you love that bag so much. And this lady, she always told me in this, particularly in the last 10, 15 years, she said, I don't like this world. I, it's not that I hate this world. I had, an, I had enough suffering. I don't want to be human again. I want to go to the pure land. I want to go to nirvana. I want to go for enlightenment. I want to be away from life and death. No more life and death for me. A person who does not attach to worldly desires can easily be reborn. So, she passed away without any suffering. I guess just within about 15, 20 minutes, just who in a coma passed away. And um, immediately, all of us, we went to the hospital. We chant at about, at about 11 o'clock at night. We chant for the lady, to remind her to have the one-pointedness of mind in the departure of a soul from the body, a liar consciousness. Because when you passed away, that's the importance of hospice care. Uh, our, you know, the, 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 uh, the group that we try to organize, when a person passes away, if that, at that juncture of death, she does not attach. She wants to be reborn. She wants to leave this world and go to the land of Amitabha, where there's no retrogression to suffering. She will be reborn in there. So we were sitting by her bedside and we chant, Nam Omitova, Nam Omitova. That is a constant reminder that leaving the alive consciousness, leave your body and go to that pure land. When you have that one-pointedness of mind, that concentration, without any attachment, because I'm sure she doesn't have any attachment anymore, that's what she expressed to me before. So, we chant for five hours, up to, up to four o'clock in the morning. This, our congregation, thanks to the efforts, um, and that's also a blessings for her. Where would you get Sangha members and laymen to chant for you in the middle of the night, at 11 o'clock, up to 4 o'clock in the morning? Especially in the Chinese New Year, all of us are so tired. You know, we're so tired doing our work. Every day we have to go for morning lessons. And at 11 o'clock, we still have to drive there to organize the group. 
and we have to chant and use our breath and use our efforts and energy. Not many people can do that, you know. But she prefers to be in here so that all of us can go to chant for her. Chant continuously for five hours. And we also have lay women. Uh, lay women uh, include about you know, a few in there, a few in there, and a few in there. And we have altogether 18 people chanting for her. And four o'clock, we had to leave because the next day we have a special ceremony uh, to do, so we really have to return. But their family members, they know how to do, they continue chanting until seven o'clock. So eight hours of concrete chanting and reminding, leaving the world, leaving the body, leaving all your possessions, go to the pure land, we'll be born in there. So the soul, some people call it soul, of course we call it alaya consciousness, will be out of the body and will be reborn in there. How do we know that you will be reborn in there? One of her sons had been practicing and studying esoteric Buddhism and she's very sensitive on, on the leaving of the alaya consciousness and, she's, and he said he's been testing and she finds that her mom's here has the heat. Every part of the body is cold. Here, there's still heat in there. So that has, that is, that, that's an expression of that she's been born in the pure land. Remember there's six places that your soul, quote um, unquote, that soul is alive consciousness, alive consciousness. Remember there's six places when a person dies, that's six places that the final alive consciousness leaves the body, the six places. The first, of course, is here. If the alive consciousness, or some people call it the soul, leaves through here, the whole body is cold, but this is the last place to leave, so that means the last place to have heat. So you still you, you touch in here, if there's heat in there, that person is reborn in the pure land, away from suffering and life and death. She will be in the land of Amitabha, where she will be learning to practice enlightenment, non-retrogression. She, she wouldn't retrogress into the world of suffering anymore. She will be there studying and practicing and studying and practicing until she gets nirvana. A guaranteed position for nirvana. But she needs to practice because she hasn't got nirvana yet. So if this is warm, that means she'll be reborn into the pure land. Now what happens if a whole part of the body is cold and just the eyes part is warm? Deva, heavenly bodies, in the heavens, just happiness, but still have to subject to life and death, reborn in heaven. So going to heaven is not the ultimate place. You still are subject to life and death, but you enjoy millions of years of happiness in heaven because of what you have done. Why would you be born into heaven? Because all the good deeds you have done. You're responsible for your own creation, you know? You're responsible for your own world. Not Buddha who decide this. So if your alaya consciousness finally leaves from your eyes, that's reborn in heaven. If your alaya consciousness finally leaves in here, that means the whole part of the body is cold and this part is warm. You're reborn in human, in the humans. And if the whole part of the body after a while is cold because you're already <coughs> dead and your stomach is warm, you're reborn in the ghost's realm, ghost spirit's realm. You know ghosts, and the whole part of the body is cold, and your kneecaps is the last part the alive consciousness leaves the body, it is warm. You're in the animal kingdom, animal realm. You'll be you reincarnate into animals. If the whole part of the body is 
cold, and the only part that is warm is the bottom of your feet, that means you're victims of hell. And that's how they test out. So the son told me that, uh, told to one of the, our members uh, that uh, his mom, the heat is here, which I certainly believe, even she, if he didn't tell me, because she, first of all, she, she's been volunteering for 23 years with such fidelity or loyalty um, to the Buddha. <clears throat> and for the last five years, um, our staff and some of our members said, Mrs. Chu, um, don't label yourself too much working there. Um, just feel free and just sit around and chant. You don't have to do any work. He said, I can't, I must work. If I don't work, how can I eat the rice in here? That's Buddha's rice. If I don't work, I don't feel comfortable eating in here. I have to contribute. I have to give. So that's her attitude. She wants to work until the final day. Actually, until the final hour. Six o'clock, she's still working. Explain the oracles to people, trying to, 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 to promote Buddhism. And um, there's a lot of... Um, when I look back, there's a lot of unusual, extraordinary things that she has done before she left. Because, because she arranged for another person to replace her place before she left. She arranged a, a, you know, a poet to, to replace her. Because I didn't know about this until I looked back, oh, how come just at this about one or two months she arranged somebody else, maybe she perceived something, she arranged somebody to be in her position and then she leaves. Now there's someone sitting in there or doing the work. So all these things, um, passing away in the temple, having an opportunity to have the Sangha members to chant for her in the hospital for five, for five, hour, for five hours, talking to me because we've been extremely good friends. She's one of the most, one of the most important persons in the growing up of this temple for 23 years, of course. And whenever I have problems in uh, human problems or construction problems or fundraising problems, uh, sometimes you stay here in the middle of the night, you always give me advices. And I find them sometimes to be quite valuable. Um, and sometimes uh, a sentence or some remark could relax my doubts and worries. And this is what I find out. And uh, um, she's been very helpful and She's loyal, and one thing that really uh, makes her very unique, and I don't know why, uh, she always comes to this temple and not going anywhere. So we have a lot of people coming, and then they don't come again, and then go to another temple. We like waves coming, and like the apps of tide, up tide and high tide, and coming and going. We're used to people coming and going in here. Even in our meditation group, we have hundreds of people. In the past 10 years, we could have hundreds of people coming and changing and people like that. And people come and go and come and go. And some people who left for a number of years and came back and, and, and saw her still, still there and say, how come you're always here? Every time when I see you, how come you go to another temple? Is that no? Um, that's a Chinese saying, and I can translate it for you. He said, I'm a phoenix. You know phoenix? The bird, the beautiful bird. 
There's a Chinese saying, the phoenix only chooses the precious place to land. So I'm the phoenix. If it's not a precious place, I won't stay. Once I stayed in that place, I want to go to, go to any other places. So that's the place I would like to stay in. So she's been here, not even one day going to another temple for 23 years. So we have to finally say adios to Mrs. Chu. And she gave us a very good lesson, knowing that we can avoid suffering in, uh, on bed when we passed away. You really have to give. You really have to practice charity. The six prajna paramitas, remember? The six prajna paramitas. Charity, morality, endurances, diligence, meditation, and prajna. The first one is charity, giving. It's the easiest to practice. Have we practiced it? We've got to practice giving and giving and giving, unconditional giving. She's been giving out. And I also learned that her husband passed away at very early age. And she's been bringing up her eight children, and all of them go to university. She's been working in the glass shops all by her. With, uh, you know, she, she, she operated a, a, a glass cutting shop for framing and all that. And she raised her children. Um, so, um, although the general ledger for Mrs. Chu is closed, but this ledger leaves a lot of traces behind, a traces that we can learn, uh, a traces that we, we can refer to, uh, charity, giving, loyalty, consistency, a giving of 23 years of service without payment on a voluntary basis, and um, wisdom, and so on. You're supposed to ask questions, so I'm not giving out any more. So any, any question? Any question you would like to ask me? Yes. Oh yes, there's a special ceremony tomorrow. There will be people who are taking the three refuges. Uh, there's also people who are taking the five precepts. I know that Lee is taking the five precepts. The five taking the, the ceremony of the five precepts is abstaining from killing, no more killing, abstaining from what's about stealing, abstaining from sexual misconduct abstaining from intoxication, abstaining from lying. Those are the basic five morality standards that if you observe in your next life, you guarantee to be human. It's not easy to be humans again, you know. Most of us, when we die, we reincarnate, we may not get the same human body. As a matter of fact, the Buddha one day said, he grabbed a handful of sand, he said, those who passed away, and become humans again and as scared as the sand in my hand. And those who passed away and not become humans again and get into the three vicious rams are as many as the sand on the ground. <laughs>